There was a husband and a wife having an argument. They was going back and forth. They was arguing. And then the husband, he kept telling the wife, I work and I pay the bills and you just stay at home with the kids. I work and I pay the bills. You just stay at home with the kids. I work and I pay the bills. You just stay at home with the kids. And she said, I wish that you could know what it's like to be a mom to kids and stay home and how hard it is. It ain't hard. I work. You just stay at home with the kids. And then she said, you know, we should pray to God that he would just switch our roles. He said, let's pray to God. I want to stay at home and just play with the kids. So they held hands and they prayed, Father God, switch our roles. And all of a sudden, he became a woman and she became the man. So she went to work to pay the bills and work. And he stayed at home with the kids. And all of a sudden, the alarm went off at 6 in the morning. But, but before the alarm went off at 6 in the morning, little Jimmy came and woke him up at 5 in the morning and said, I ain't thirsty and I need to use the bathroom. He was like, oh, God. And he had to take little Jimmy to the bathroom. Then all four of the kids got up and they was running all around the house. He didn't know how to stop them. They was hungry, drinking juice, throwing stuff everywhere, putting toys everywhere. He tripped on toys from the fall over. And he's like, what is going on? Finally, after about two hours, he got all the kids ready. He got them in the car, one hanging out the window, licking his tongue out the window, ha, 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 like a dog. And he was like, who are these kids? They're animals. And he took the kids to school. As he took the kids to school, one didn't feel good. He had to go back and pick up the kid. Then he had to have dinner ready. So he went to Walmart to buy dinner. He left the sugar. He had to go back and buy more sugar. He went home. He started cooking dinner. The six kids started coughing. He had to take care of the kid. He started back coughing dinner. Oh, no. It's time to go get the other three kids. He went and got those kids. They was jumping on this kid. He came home. He started fixing dinner. He had to put them in the bath. They was jumping out the bath, putting toys in the bath. He was like, oh, my my gosh. And he's trying to get these kids prepared and he's trying to get these kids ready. And then all of a sudden he got done and he collapsed on the bed. <sighs> and then all of a sudden his wife, who is now his husband, because they switched roles, she walked in the room and she was like, well, babe, what's up with that love making?" And he was like, I'm tired. He said, no, because when I'm tired, that don't work. What's up? And then all of a sudden he had to force himself, which herself, because they switched roles, up to make love. And he was like, oh my gosh. So then the next day, he got up and he said, Lord God, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Can we please switch roles back? God looked down from heaven. He said, I'm so sorry you got pregnant last night. <laughs> See you in nine months, buddy. <laughs> Needless to say, what women do is hard work, and what men is do is hard work. Never judge your partner, never judge your spouse, because everybody's serving, and everybody's doing hard work. Can we give God a shout of praise for that? Some of the men was like, thank God I ain't a woman. My gosh. I saw it. I was like, I go to work three times. I am not, and we just got one. I'm like, I spend a day on my daughter. I'm like, come get her, please. You know, man, it's work, but, um. Something I want to talk about when it comes to the topic of sex, and I won't be long today, but I will be strong. When it comes to the topic of sex, sex isn't just physical. Sex isn't just physical. It is mental, it's emotional, it's soulless, it's deep, it's personal, it's powerful. It's not just physical. It's not. And sex has given people some of the biggest wounds and biggest traumas and biggest heartbreaks that the human race has ever had. Because sex is a door into the soul. 
It is deep and it is personal and it is close and it's not just physical. Because if it was just physical, why does what happened to you at seven years old still bother you? Why does that guy leaving you still bother you? Why does you not having that girl still bother you? Because it touches you at the deepest deepest level and there's people that's hurt and they're broken and they're anxious and they're frustrated and they're sassy and they lash off because they've been hurt somewhere sexually maybe by a perverted uncle maybe by a boyfriend maybe by a classmate it is deep it cuts deep it's not just physical and sometimes we think sex is just physical we think it's just oh it's this physical thing and i got i got knees and we the apostle paul said it this way he said you say that your stomach is for food. So when you're hungry, what you do? You eat food. And he was saying, and now you want to say because you're a different age word, and you think your body is for sex, but your body is not for sex. Your body is for God. Your body's not for sex. Your body wasn't created for sex. Your body was created for God. It was created to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. It was created to be in the presence of God. It was created to worship. Your body was not made for sex. Though God wanted you to have sex with your body, but he wanted you to have sex in the proper context. And God is saying that you have to practice self-control until you get in the proper context. But we struggle practicing self-control because sex has been perverted. You can't get on TikTok without some girl shaking her butt. You can't get online without some naked photos. You can't do anything without seeing sex. Sex is everywhere. I'm talking about in cartoons. A cartoon came across the TV and they had this girl in a tight dress on a cartoon. I'm like, you're not even real. And you in here with this little, little, little floozy dress on. And you're not even real. She in here on a cartoon walking like this. I'm like, what is this? Our world has been perverted by sex. And the reason why I keep saying the word sex, the reason why I say the word sex is because I be talking to adults and they're like, Pastor, are you going to preach on SEX again? Sex! Why can't you say it? The world say it. MTV say it. BT say it. The church going to say it. I'm going to say sex because sex is not a bad word. Sex is God's word. And he created sex. And we're not going to let the enemy Pop culture, Hollywood, or TV still sex. Have you ever been watching TV? It's about like a race. They're racing, and all of a sudden, they go and have sex. Like, what does this got to do with a race? Like, what you even put this in there for? Sex has been perverted. And if you go to a high school, 65% of all those kids from 9th to 12th grade has already had some type of sexual encounter. And when you go to the seniors, you're looking at 85% of them have had some type of sexual encounter. It is everywhere. It's populating our schools. It's populating our workplaces. It's populating the church. Sex is everywhere. And sex is perverted. And we have to take the perversion out of sex and get the holiness back into sex. And yesterday I talked about the design and what sex was made for and how sex was made to be. But we're perverted. I remember being in high school, jumping through windows. I'm like, I didn't jump in this window. I didn't got cut. I'm over here running from dads. Like, what is going on? Just to have what I should have never had. And just to have what culture said I got to have. And you're not a man. And you're not real if you're not doing this. And there are so many men, they've been perverted and they've been touched. And now they're running around sleeping with as many girls as they can to convince themselves of something. 
They're trying to convince themselves because they're confused sexually and they're like, well, let me keep having more and more sex because if I keep pursuing women, it'll fix this confusion inside of my heart. But you can't go and have sex to fix sexual confusion. Only God can fix sexual confusion. Only the Holy Spirit can fix sexual confusion. And just because you have this desire and this passion and this, and this, and this burning sensation doesn't mean you have sex. You have to practice self-control. Because there's a place for sex. And let me tell you something else about sex. And married people can validate this. When you're not married, the devil will hook you up with opportunity for sex. When you're not married, there's a strong temptation to have sex. But guess what? When you get married, there's a strong temptation to not have sex. I'm telling you, you find some unmarried people, when I get that feel, I mean, they, you know what I'm saying? Tarzan swinging into the room. Then all of a sudden they get married. I'm tired. And before sex, Satan attacks you by making you have, before marriage, Satan attacks you by making you have sex. After marriage, he attacks you by making you not have sex. Married people have more sex. Married people have more sex. Married people have more sex. I feel the husband say, I love that preacher. <laughs> Praise God. He passed KJ, be preaching that real, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, you heard the word, baby. You heard the word. You know what? Put that sermon back. Put that sermon back on. Praise God. We getting it in. That's the gospel, amen. <laughs> no, honey, he was just playing. <laughs> now, you want to know the stupidest thing that caused me to lose my virginity? I'm just talking Frank. Here's what caused me to lose my virginity. I went to the football locker room. And my boys was like, hey, have you ever had sex? I was like, yeah. They was like, for real, for real? I was like, no. They was like, see, bro. See, you and her, y'all finna get together, bro. And you ain't gonna know what you doing. And she gonna, bro, she gonna, you know what I'm saying? I was like, for real? She's gonna judge me? Oh, no. So then finally, I just started texting everyone on my phone. Hey, what are you doing later? What are you doing later? What are you doing later? It was like, not you, not you, not you, not you. So um, that didn't work. But I got in a relationship and I was antsy. Because I wanted to learn how to have sex. So when I fell in love, I would be skilled and masterful. Which is stupid. You can't practice sex. You can't become masterful at sex. Because sex isn't a skill, it's a posture. Sex ain't a skill. It's a posture. Sex is a confession. Sex is openness. And when you have sex out of context, what you actually do is destroy your ability to have real sex. Because real sex requires real intimacy. Do you know the magic, the fireworks, the sparks, the pshoom in sex? It's that disconnection that when you're with the person that you was created to be with and they're with you and you trust them and they trust you and there's openness and there's wholeness and, and there's this nakedness and this unashamedness. Fireworks fly off and something happens on the inside of you that you can't imagine. It's like walking on water. It's, it's, it's like being in the sky floating above clouds. 
it's, 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 it's like water on a hot day. You know, back in the day when you was out all day and you found a water hose and you was drinking that water like a dog. <laughs> it is magical. It is beautiful. It is honorable. It is close and passionate and deep. And it's oneness and soul with soul and mind with mind and heart with heart. The weakest part of it is the body. It's the weakest part of it. But you maximize the physical. You miss the mental. You miss the soulless, the deepness, the intimate part of sex. And that's why you leave unquenched. And that's why you leave wanting more. And that's why she's not enough. And that's why you watch porn. And that's why you masturbate. And that's why you have all these sexual partners because you never connected. You're having sex with this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. Looking for a connection that comes through intimacy. But you lost that because you gave it to a thief and a robber. Someone that didn't love you and don't care about you. I'm telling you, single women of God, you got to say, if you can't put a ring on it, you're not going to touch it in my Beyonce voice. If you want it, you better put a ring on it. I ain't finna play with you. I ain't playing with you. And I ain't playing with you. You ain't touching me if you can't ring me. Ring me. I almost said something. I don't know if it's appropriate in church, but it's a rhyme. You better, you text them and tell them, you can't hit until you commit, amen? Until you commit. Until you commit. I don't know if that was appropriate. If not, I'm sorry. Email me later. If you have your Bibles... Go to Mark 10. I felt somebody like, why did I bring my girlfriend to church today? My God, we should have went to First Baptist. <laughs> Mark chapter 10. I pray they preach on that over there too. Amen. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. It says in verse 9, it says, therefore, I'll give you guys a second. That was quick. Okay, I didn't do it for you. I did it for the chapstick. Mark chapter 10, verse 9 says, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I want to teach you something about sex. I want to teach you something. God joins together sex. He joins it together. If you want to hear the deepness of this, go back to last week. I'll hit this more next week. God joined together sex. He joined it together. He tied it together. He knitted it together. He mixed it together. And what God joins together, let no man separate. Here's why it's so dangerous to have sex. It's because every time you have sex, God joins it. But the danger of God joining it is only God can unjoin it. When you have sex, God mixes it. And only God can unmix it. Let, let me illustrate this to you. Here's you, and here's old Elroy. <laughs> now what happens is, you are single, you are whole, you are one, you are ready to be connected with and used, you're beautiful, you're whole, you're pure, there's no cracks, there's no brokenness, there's no stains, you are purified, you are ready. So then, you meet old Elroy and you come, and you begin to open yourself up emotionally, and you're talking about stuff, and all of a sudden, your intimacy, you pouring out your heart, you trusting him, and all of that is poured out in this relationship, which the bow represents. And then Elroy, like, you know, girl, I love you. You're the only person I love. I ain't talking to nobody else. It's you, girl. It's all you. You know what I'm saying? Like Trey Songs, you're going to think I invented sex. You know what I'm talking about? So then Elroy in here lying to you, and then all of a sudden, he comes and pours out his lies and all his issues and stuff. And then after that, the moment you guys have sex, God comes. 
which represents this spatula. And God comes and he's like, what God put together, let no one that separates. So God comes together and he starts mixing it all together. You and Elroy's married. Come on, Ashley and Elroy. And he's tying y'all together. God's mixing it all up. And God's making it one. And now what was two became one. What was separate became, what was separate became inseparable. And God came and he started mixing this up and he made it all one. The danger is now, where are you? Where are you? You are entangled. Jada Smith was on to some. You are entangled with Elroy. And Elroy's entangled with Ashley. And now what was two has become one. And the problem is, how do you un-one what God has made one? How do you put that egg back? How do you put it back? Now you're trying to put back together your strength and you can't. This is why divorce is so bad. Because what literally happens is half of this just leaves. And it ain't coming back. And now you're walking around looking for yourself because pieces of you is gone with another. You can't find yourself. Now you're like, I don't know what excites me and what makes me passionate. Yeah, because that floozy left with it. Yeah, I don't know what excites me. Yeah, because that hormonger left with it. He left with you. He left with pieces of you. She left with pieces of you. And you can't find yourself. And you can't unwind what God has made one. You can't unwind it. You can't undo it. And now you're stuck in this state. And guess what? Only God can go in there and sort that out. But... When God comes and sorts that out, he doesn't do it in a miracle. He does it through healing. And I don't like healing. We always pray, God, heal me. You don't want to actually be healed. You're actually praying, God, give me a miracle. Because sometimes God healing you is God saying, hey, I need you to pray for 21 days. I need you to study for 48 days. I need you to renew your mind over this every day. And when you become a Christian, your spirit is saved, but your soul has to be sanctified. So now you are, you have just entered a process of having to unwind what God has made one. And the problem with this is, if that other egg was spoiled, they're both spoiled now. So this guy walks around, this guy walks around sexually perverted. And now all of a sudden, woman, a guy, you feeling stuff. And all of a sudden, you got stuff. And your legs getting hot. And you all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And now you don't know what's going on with you. It's because you became one with someone perverted. And now their perversion has mixed with your soul. And now you're walking around, feeling what they feel, thinking what they think, choosing how they choose because you have been perverted by somebody that God made one. You can't undo this, children. High school kids, you can't unwind this. And that's why the Bible says whoever commits sexual soul, sexual sin destroys their own soul. It destroys, you destroy your soul because you put appetites, you put habits, chemicals, patterns, you transfer over stuff physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You damage your soul. And guess what? Even if they was a great person, the moment they say, hey, I ain't never talking to you again, half of you is torn away. And God can put it back. But the problem is you don't even know how to go and get that untied. Next week, we'll talk about how to get this back in the egg. We'll talk about how to untie this. But most people go around life with fragments. And now you're wondering why you can't be everything God's called you to be. is because you're all over the city. 
And when you get down inside of a bed, so much more gets back up with you. So you have to wait. Let's not talk about safe sex. Let's talk about saving sex. Let's not talk about safe sex. Let's talk about saving sex. You want to save sex. If you got your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to teach you how to save sex. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 21, it says, Can a man take fire to his bosom and his coals not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? Check this out. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his coals not be burned? And if you walk on hot coals, can your feet not be seared? In other words, God is saying, sex is a fire. Sex is is a fire sex is fire and something i learned as a kid is you don't play with fire you don't play with fire because fire is dangerous but even though fire is dangerous fire is constructive fire is beautiful fire is great in the proper context fire only becomes dangerous when it's out of the proper context show me my fireplace this is the place for fire because in this place this place has been built to contain fire. It can hold it, it can contain it, and it can fuel fire. And this thing could burn right here in this fireplace for 100 years and never destroy nothing because that place was built for fire. And it can burn. I'm telling you, some of you married people, let it burn in your usher voice. Let it burn, let it burn, let it burn because marriage is the place where sex is supposed to burn. You're supposed to have sex. Oh, you was a kid jumping through windows and now you can't roll over next to your wife? You went through more windows than Microsoft, and now you can't touch your bride. That's bars right there. I'm telling you, no, no, this is the place. And that marital sex, that, that oneness, that connection, that knitting the heart together, you're going to get things out of sex you never had. We've been having sex for 12 years. It's boring. Yeah, because you're intimate. You're not intimate. If your intimacy is like wine, it gets better with time. Let me say it again. Intimacy is like wine. It gets better with time. It gets better with time. That means that the longer you've been with someone, the better the sex should be. The deeper the connection should be. I mean, you should be able to see into them. Like, I'm telling you, God created sex to have a, a prophetic turn to it. That you should be able to sleep with your wife and get up and be like, babe, you want to start a hair business, don't you? She's like, how you in my head like that? And literally, you are supposed to know each other's thoughts and dreams and hopes and ambitions. You're supposed to get done and not be like, I'll text you later. It should be, babe, what do you want to do with your life? How can I support you? How can I build you up? How can I encourage you? This is oneness. Embrace. That is marriage. That's to say... That's the safe place for sex because here's the deal. You have sex with somebody and now they know all your business. And now they're walking away. Yeah, you, you know, you know, Sequoia, yeah, man. Yeah, me and her, you know what I'm saying? Man, you know, and now your business is all out in the streets and someone is discussing the most intimate, the most private, the most personal, the most, the, the, the most closest parts of your beings with society. And they're just talking about you like you're just some partner. And they're adding your name to a list of people they don't care about, laughing and mocking you, telling them, bro, she thought I loved her. I don't even like her like that. Wow. And they're telling people, they're recording you and showing it to people and sending it to people. They have no value for you. Quit letting people touch you that don't love you. 
no, no, no. And you're never going to know truly how someone feels. That's why God gave you a fireplace. Because in a fireplace, a fire will warm your house up. But out of the fireplace, a fire will burn your house down. Take me to my next slide. And what happens is when we have sex out of marriage, small fires become wildfires. Small fires become wildfires. And what was just supposed to be small and he's cute and oh my gosh and I got my heart fluttered and all this becomes that. This is what happens in you when you have sex out of marriage. Because there is no parameters, there's no boundaries, and it burns everything in its way. Your passions burn. Your heart burn. Your emotions burn. Everything you desire burn. Your feelings burn. No one cares. He don't care. She don't care. It burns everything down. And what was designed to build you and be constructed and help you, this was a part of becoming one. This was to give your husband a peek in your soul. It's one thing for you to come to counseling with me and be like, Pastor, this is what's going on with me. Your husband is supposed to connect with you in such a way that he feels what's going on with you. Have you ever had a, have you been with your spouse and you're just driving, you're like, something ain't right with my wife. Let me, babe, what's going on? And she's like, I'm just really having a tough day. How did you know? Because I felt it. Because we are one and we're so connected and we're interlocked. I can feel your pain, woman. That's what you want, woman of God. And the same thing, you're going through some man of God, you're at work, you're struggling with a tough time, and your wife, she comes up, she's like, babe, here goes some food, and I'm going to pray for you because I feel like you're having a tough day, and you're going to crush it here at work today. Go for it, babe. And she leaves. That little floozy can't do that because she ain't got no ability to connect. All of her intimacy is gone, and she got about 25 eggs in this bucket. She don't even know how to find you in there. She called you like, are you okay? Now nah, that's Elroy. Call me back. She then called the wrong one. Because it's all blended on her soul. Sex in the fireplace is beautiful. Out the fireplace, destructive. Now I'm going to get down to the meat of my message. And I'm going to close here soon. I said all that to get you to this point. And again, you got to go back to next week because I put all this in proper context. This is a continuation of my last week's message. Here's what you got to know. Sex is dangerous out of the proper context and sex is undefeated sex is undefeated you know if you read the scripture God is saying things like God is saying things fight war in the spirit go forth God is the violent take it by force and God is saying all these bold courageous things walk with boldness walk with strength walk with courage don't be afraid and when it comes to sex you want to know what God says run in other words, God says square up to everything but sex. Because if you square up to sex, it's going to lay your body down. It's going to lay your body down. You know how many times we're just going to go watch TV? Oh, oh, my God. We didn't plan on doing anything. Why? The Bible says how can you have fire in your bosom and not be burned? If you walk on coals, you're going to sear your feet. If you have fire on your clothes, you're going to have fire on your skin. And if you go playing with sex and tiptoeing lines, you're going to get scourged. You're going to get burned. And most of you guys get burned. This time it's different, Pastor KJ. He's just really cute. And we're just like hanging out at his house. And we're just like together. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I messed up. You dumb. You straight up dumb. 
Because you thought you can go walk with fire and not be burned? See, I found out something. Me and my wife, we would mess up before we got married having sex. And we tried everything. I got a funny thing to tell you. One time I said, you know what? We ain't messing up today. So I had on my boxers, some basketball shorts, some sweatpants, and pants. I said, by the way, how am I going to take all this off? Mission aboard. And unfortunately, I found a way to take it all off at once. <laughs> Sex is creative. Some of y'all done done some creative stuff, some nasty spook. We don't even want to know these stories. How you do sex over there? Hey, at the movie theater. Bro, the movie theater, the movie was packed. That was an Avenger movie. There was no extra seats. Yeah, we just kind of, you know, you go in the corner. You... No. No. If you have sex in your bosom, you're going to get burned. And I remember telling her years in, I was like, okay, we ain't having sex. Then I turned in, you can't come over. Then I turned in, don't touch me. I think it was the last two, two years of us dating before we got married. We didn't kiss. I, mean, I drew a hard line. I said, I can't kiss you. She said, this is crazy. I said, girl, it don't take much to like this match. I'm telling you, it don't take much. And I couldn't kiss. For two years, we dated, and we did a little puppy hug. Good to see you, babe. And that was it. And, man, this is how you get back at women. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you all some, some codes. Now, I'm out the sermon. I'll go back in a minute. Here's some codes. See, the woman, her, her spirit is actually more tuned to God. So they come to this, and they're like, babe, I just feel like we need to stop, and we don't need to do this no more. We just need to stop. It's always them, and it's us dudes. We're like, well, technically, you know, we're going to get married anyway. So, like, you know, like, I mean, if God go want us, and we get married six months later, we're, like, still one, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just early, but not late. I mean, we become some creative, deceptive scoundrels. And, I mean, I'm technic we technically married. It's just, you know, the ring guy gets shipped in, and I'm going to propose this, but we married. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, boy, you, you sound stupid. You sound so stupid. But yet we found a way to talk ourselves into this. And women, they're more inclined to God. They're like, no, I think we shouldn't do it. And now you're like, man, I didn't make that decision. And you mad. Let me tell you how to get her back. You get her back how I got my wife back. She said, y'all just really feel like we don't need to have sex. I said, y'all really feel like you don't need to come over here and watch movies. We don't need to kiss or hug. Well, I didn't say all that. Well, I did. And I wasn't trying to manipulate. That You do what you got to do, and I do what I got to do. It is what it is. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, again, men, you're different. A man is, is built for sex. He's motored for sex. He's driven for sex. Your husband is not a nasty. He's not a nasty person. God made a man to need sex. Everyone tell me, God made a man, made a man. To, need to need sex. Women, you have sex. Some of you guys probably need sex. Some women are different. But for the most part, a woman don't need sex like a man needs sex. Why, Pastor KJ? Let me show you. A wife would be home taking care of the kids and the food and preparing the house. And back in the cave days, a man would have to go out and hunt. And he would be gone at weeks at a time to go hunt. And he would leave the house. He didn't even have a cell phone. Imagine your husband without a cell phone. You can't even reach him with a cell phone. 
And he would go out and he would hunt and he would be with the boys. And all of a sudden, when a man leaves home, we have this incredible ability to forget we have a wife, a kid, a home, and responsibilities. That's why he always come back late when he's at work, because we forget. We have, oh my, like there's times my daughter runs to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got a kid. I forgot. I have a family in a home. I had no idea. I was just so caught in my work. I'd be working at the church or my business, and I forget. And the cavemen, they would go, and they would hunt, and they would go out with all their cave buddies, and they would hunt, and they would forget to have families. And then all of a sudden, when they got that feeling, they remembered they had a family. And when he got that feeling, that feeling took, it was nice catching these deers, amen, but I got to go home. And he went home. Because he had a desire pulling him back to his wife. So when your husband comes to you for sex, he is coming because God put a desire in him so he can stay glued. See, a woman, you're different. A man is a compartmentalizer, which means when he leaves, he puts you and the kids in a box. He closes it tight and he opens up, I'm out the house, finna get lit box. And your box is closed and sealed. He has no idea. Women, you're different. You just got one big bowl with everything in it. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at work. What is little Timmy going to eat? What does he want? Let me go pick this up. My mom needs help. And you got all that blended. That's why you're halfway crazy. I didn't say that all out. So you don't forget anything. He forgets everything. And sex brings him back to pursuing you and tying your hearts back together. God created him to need sex so he would come back and be intimate with you because in other words, he would disconnect in his work. God is smart. And God said, here's why I created sex like that. This is why you want it so bad, man of God. And sometimes maybe she don't. It's because a man is a microwave sexually and a woman's a crockpot. The reason why her sexual desire doesn't burn as long as yours is because her sexual desire is ignited in health. I'm preaching good now. Which means that for you, you and her could be at odds. I don't like you. You don't like me. Forget you. Forget me. That little kid, George, it ain't mine. Look, look, they got your eyes. That's your kid that did that. And and you just go at it. And then after all this smack, he didn't talk to you like, hey, babe, what's up? Get away from me. Don't touch me. A man is like, well, see, babe, that was just an argument about the kids. I ain't got nothing to do with this. But a woman, for a woman, sex don't start at 9 p.m. It starts at 9 a.m. And she's a crackpot starts in the morning. If you want to sleep with her, you got to do some dishes. You got to mop the house. You got to pick out some food. You got to serve her. You got to call. I just called to say, I miss you. You got to do all that to prime that thing for the night. For a dude, you just slap me on the back of my head and say, what's up? I'm like, what's up? (laughs) So God said he made sex to be a standoff. So that way you would meet her needs and she would meet your needs. And instead of making you guys happy, marriage will make you holy. Because now you would have to serve him and you you would have to serve him and he would have to serve you. And it would unlock this gift of sex. So men, if you feel like you're not getting as much sex as you like, go ask your wife what you're not doing. And I promise she has a list of 10 things. And if you would just start to, to erase that list, her sexual desire will shoot up. I'm, I'm getting my two real in here for y'all. Let me get ready to close this thing out. So, sex. My last point is, 
how to avoid sex out of the proper context. Everyone say how to, how to. avoid sex. Here is how you avoid sex. You have to understand that it's undefeated and it's undisputed. You cannot beat it. You have to flee it. You cannot beat it. You have to flee it. Let me explain. Samson was the strongest man in the Bible. Strong in God. Fell in sexual sin. David was the holiest man. He was the most godly man in the Bible. He was called a man after God's own heart. Fell in sexual sin. Bathsheba! Uh, let, me get, let, me put, let me not put his business out there. I'm sorry, David. Um, <laughs> that's his business. That's personal. Solomon was the wisest man in the Bible. Ecclesiastes, Proverbs. The wisest, smartest man. Fell in sexual sin. The, the, so you mean to tell me the strongest man? The godliest man and the wisest man all fell in sexual sin? That tells me that my strength ain't going to keep me free. My godliness and spirituality ain't going to keep me free. And my wisdom ain't going to keep me free. So what man stood to sexual sin? The man that stood to sexual sin was Joseph. And you want to know why he stood to sexual sin? Is because he was the most prideful man, then he became the most humble man. He became humble, and his humility caused him to understand his humanity. God gave you humility so you can understand your humanity. So when he was at Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife, she would have had to be fine because he was a high official. High officials have fine wives. So she came with long eyes on Joseph, and she was like, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. And she grabbed this coat. She was like, hey, Joseph. And the Bible said Joseph was a handsome man. I don't care how good you think you look. If the Bible says you look good, you look good. <laughs> so the Bible says Joseph was, was handsome. So she saw him. She was like, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. And the Bible says that she grabbed his jacket. And he ran out of his jacket. And he ran out the house. Physically run. Imagine how dumb you look. A girl come touch you. Oh, you look like an idiot. That's the only way to defeat sexual sin. You ain't got time to walk, brother. You got to run. That's what the Bible says. Flee sexual immorality. You can't walk it. You can't talk it. You can't think it. You got to flee it. Which means, how can a man have fire in his bosom and not be burned? You can't go near it. You can't touch it. And the reason you keep falling into sexual sin, man of God, is you keep putting yourself in a place of personal weakness and expecting God's strength. And God said, I'm not going to give you my strength in personal weakness. I'm going to give you my strength so you don't walk into personal weakness. I'm not going to give you my strength in personal weakness. I'm going to give you my strength so you don't walk in personal weakness. Weakness. You have to flee sexual immorality. You have to run from it. Let me tell you something. Decisions are your muscle when it comes to sex. Decisions are your muscle. Hey, can you come over and see me? Nope. However, I can't meet you at Starbucks at 12 during the busy hour and I got to be somewhere at 1 because jelly picking me up. We can talk though. I'm not coming over. Why? Because I'm putting fire in my bosom that's going to burn me. I'm not Netflixing and chilling. 
Because chilling turns into sexual healing. Not doing it. I'm setting up parameters. When I defeated this thing in my life, I set up parameters. I didn't kind of look. Some of you men are struggling with sex because you've got a lust problem. No, there ain't no sin to look, you know what I'm saying? You can look. Yeah. Yeah, you can. But the only problem is if I take you to the Bible, and Matthew 5, it says, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust, before you can to lust, you have to to look. Before you can to lust, you have to to look. The seed of lust is looking. I train myself to do something when I beat this. I will not look. And I'm going to get real and personal with you. Because there are some women with nice bodies. I just got to be real and raw. And I used to work out at the gym. And a woman come walking by from the front. You can tell, like, this is one of those. Well, can we be real and ready in church? Don't look at me like this woman. Like, this is what your husband doing. I'm letting you in. This is what your, your husband, I am a friend of God. That's your husband. So I'm helping your marriage. Don't play with me. So as a man, we just learn to. And I had to train myself. I never look. I don't look. Anybody that I shouldn't look at out in public, I don't look. And if I never look, I never lust. If I never look, I never lust. Porn comes on the screen. You can't even get on Facebook stories. You start scrolling all of a sudden. I keep scrolling. I never look because those pictures become seeds and those seeds become thoughts and those thoughts become action and those actions become sex and sex becomes becoming one and you can't own one what God has made one. And now all of a sudden, you're trying to get married and you don't even know where you are. Your husband's like, baby, where are you? We would have to go round up 10 dudes and, and try to pull you back out of them to put you back together again. Don't look. Women, stop getting bored. You're bored. You're bored. Stop getting bored. I'm just bored. I'm just bored. Stop being bored. Is he your husband? No? Okay, not it. Next. Next. Why are you talking to him? Well, we just talking, trying to see. You don't need to see nothing. Do you want to marry him? Do you want to know what's so crazy? It really takes 14 days to truly know if you want to marry somebody. 14 days. Women, I'm going to tell you a secret. We really know in two if we're going to marry you or not in two days. Now, we might be like, well, let me just see. Let me figure it. No, we know. We know. And we're trying to have our cake and eat it, too. And now we're playing this. We're trying to figure out. We're, no, you know. Is the communication there? Is the connection there? Can you share your dreams? Can you share your hearts? Can you share your hopes? Do you trust her? Does he, does he trust you? Like, you know what it is. You know what it is. You know what it ain't. Quit playing with that thing. Quit playing with it. And some of you guys are so broken and so lost and so spread apart, you can't identify yourself no more. You can't identify yourself. And I want to say this to you. If you have just been going around sleeping with people, sexually perverted, sexually all over the place, give me some music. And if you've just been going around doing all of these things, I heard a pastor say this, and it changed my life because I did it. 
and I've seen it change many of my friends' lives. All my friends that do not struggle with sexual immorality did this. And sometimes you may need to do it more than once. Here's what you need. And this is a proven method to fix you sexually if you're not married. There's some you need. If you struggled in this area, if you slept around and you abused this thing of sex, here's what you need. You need a year. You need a year. A year without talking to guys, a year without looking, a year without dating, a year where you're not trying to have sex with nobody, a year. You need to give yourself a year where you say, I'm going to date Jesus and myself for one year. I'm going to find myself. I'm going to find my interests. I'm going to find my passion. I'm going to find my desires. I need a year. And you may feel like, Pastor, I'm 32 and I'm wasting a year of my life. Yeah, but it's better to waste a year now than to waste six years in marriage because you're broken. And you're not wasting a year. You're investing that year to have better years down the line. And some of you guys just need a year. You need to just say, you know what? I'm not talking to nobody. And then you're going to do this, and all of a sudden, this little handsome guy with green eyes is going to text you. You're going to be like, well, Pastor Gage, he got green eyes. I don't care if he had blue eyes. I don't care if his eyes had your name in them. I don't care what kind of eyes he got. He ain't got the eyes of Jesus, and if he does, you don't. You need to wait. You need to wait. You need a year. And you tell him, man, if this is meant to be, if you're from God, here's my date. And at the end of my day, you can take me on a date. But until then, I ain't going. And it's not you, it's me. And I'm working on me because what we have to do, and I'll preach on this later, is we have to become the person that we're looking for is looking for. We have to become the person that we're looking for is looking for. I got to fix my wholeness, my bro. Some of you guys are perverted. You're going to take that perversion to another marriage. What's perversion? What's perversion? I don't know if I clarified this last week. What's perversion? Perversion isn't having fun and sex. It's not perversion. Perversion is the, 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 the heart motive of it. You can have fun. When you're married, the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. You can do almost anything you want there. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Mostly. Okay? Undefiled. But some of the things you're doing in there is not from a place of intimacy and authenticity. It's from a place of perversion. And your wife doesn't like it or her husband doesn't like it because they can sense you're doing this because he did that to you. And I ain't finna do what he did. I'm not finna fulfill a desire and the appetite that he created. So you got to get whole and healed so that bed can be undefiled. You can do this. I'm telling you, man, if you need to put a pole in your room, that's your business. Swing said, I don't know. Some of y'all got some creative stuff. I ain't that creative. But whatever you want to do, you can do it when you're whole and healthy. Get your heart, your wholeness right so you can go and be free in marriage. And you can create appetites together that only you two can quench. So some of you guys need a year. You need a year to untie yourself. This takes time. This takes time to unscramble. This takes time to untie. This takes time to unsort. You can't break up with a guy a month later and talk to someone else. You got need a man syndrome. Something's wrong with your soul. You've talked to six guys this year. 
Something's wrong with your soul. You sleep with every guy you talk to. Something's wrong with your soul. You're easy. Something's wrong with your soul. You have to get your soul right next week. I'm preaching on how to break soul ties. And if you have one, you should be at church at 1030. Don't even come at 11. I need the intro music, praise God. I'm getting my soul right. I need the coffee, amen. There might be some deliverance in that. Get your soul right. And if you do that, the band can come up. If you do that, God will and God can do a miracle in your life. Some of you guys need a year. You need to take a year. And you need to make this date on your calendar. And a year from now, scroll in your calendar and put resume dating. Some of you guys need to make a purity stand. And you need to put till marriage. And if you're not in a place to do that right now, take a year off and watch God heal the brokenness, the pain, the scars, the wounds, the traumas, the molestation. God heal it. And just say, I'm going to take this year. I'm going to be intentional to get healing. And maybe you're married. And you're like, Pastor, I would take this year because I got stuff. I'm married. You and your wife together. Put a year on the calendar. And say, this year, we're going to be intentional about healing. We're going to talk through this. We're going to sort through this. We're going to get open about this. We're going to quit lying about this. Because you can't have intimacy and lies at the same time. To have intimacy, there has to be truth. And I'm not saying you have to tell everything about your sexual history or bring up everything. But what your husband asks you and what you feel is necessary for him to know, you have to be able to be honest no matter how ashamed you feel. Because if you can't be naked and unashamed with the person you committed your life to, who can you be with? And what will happen to you is he will hear some of these things and it will break his heart and it will break your heart. And then after it, God will knit your hearts together and you will be closer than you ever been.